This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Booyag, Starry, Logan, Punch a Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to another fishy episode of Inspiration Point. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> blub blub. Hello, it's me, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm at We're having fish tonight. <laughs> fish are friends, not food. Not food. Uh, how's it going? Um, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I always have to regather myself after those intros. That was um, uh, coming from a direction I did not expect. You know, nobody nobody expects the fish or or the Spanish Inquisition for that matter. Mm. You know, that's a classic. <sighs> The Spanish Inquisition sketch from oh, good yeah. old Monty Python. Oh, yeah. If any of you young whippersnappers out there are not familiar with the uh, the wonder that is Monty Python, especially the sketch-based comedy from their TV show days and mm. such, uh, there are some seminal sketches. <laughs> some real I mean, side splitters real side splitters like I mean, you're gonna like you're actually in pain like you need to stop you have to leave the room because it's but, a problem but you you will watch another one oh and yeah. another one and another um, one. i mean huh yeah the spanish inquisition the uh i mean real life spanish in- inquisition uh far less funny far less funny far so, less funny Go look up like the History Channel uh, videos on the Spanish Inquisition if you want to do the opposite of laugh. Like, um, had when's the last time the History Channel had any history on it? Isn't it just like reality shows about like I don't know undesirables? Or am I thinking of something I, else? Um, I don't. You know, I think uh, I think the last time the History Channel had history on it was the hmm. last time I actually had. The History Channel. Yeah, probably. Imagine having channels. Oh my god. Uh, I'm, yeah, man. I don't think Set ever back machine ever. Never once in my adult life did I ever own cable. Really? Nope. Never owned like it. like like Direct TV. No. No. Uh, went straight to Hulu. That was the first thing uh, that we had. Um, there were a lot of like sort of live streaming you could not live, but free streaming mm-hmm. you could do like with like NBC or ABC. Yep. You know, back in the day, you know, I, I remember watching Community, I think the first time that way in Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When we the were office. in college. Yeah, or right after too. But yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I, I think during college, yeah, I was watching Lost. 
on, yep. on like NBC's actual website. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as I got married, uh, it was uh, Hulu that completely transitioned to to Hulu only. And back in Man. those days, you could pay to have zero commercials. Oh, my God. And then they eventually got rid of that. And it looks like Netflix is thinking about following suit, uh, which oh is going to be a big um, disappointment. Are you serious? Well, that's what they're saying, right? They're they're saying that one possibility, it, one, one possibility is... Um, you like have paid like commercials even at a higher tier. Um, they're also cracking down on like password sharing. Um, they're cutting a lot of content. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on over there because you know I haven't really actually read anything. <laughs> just uh, man, just passing yeah. news mostly coming from TikTok. Um, but I, the, I think I've seen one or two reliable interviews. news source. Hey, speaking of Hulu, uh, I checked out the dropout this week. Uh, which Is, isn't that something else? That is something else. What an amazing performance! And uh, yeah, Amanda Seyfried. Um, I want to say Siegfried because of all the Soul Caliber I've played, but um, <laughs> yeah, she is just a phenomenal actress. She's absolutely captivating, and the. Uh, the the real life story, you know, I knew very little about it. I, I just remember that this person was sort of up and coming and that I knew that they had um, they had had this uh, sort of disgrace moment and gotten legal mm-hmm. trouble. But I, I never knew anything really beyond that. HBO um, did a did a I want a documentary. Like a, I think it was like an hour and a half. Yeah, long documentary or so on it. Um, that that was the first I had really heard about it, but I I did watch the dropout uh with with my wife and like what what an infuriating <laughs> story, right? Oh yeah, well, absolutely. It, it you know if you just have wanted like a parade of despicable characters, you know like there's some there's some real good ones here. There's also some real treasure Stephen fry's in it yeah and Stephen yes, fry is just gonna mention him is just always delightful no matter what role he's playing mm-hmm. um love love watching him just talk just you know like if he was just the news guy right like it would just be great they're a- actually um kind of uh are they kind of doing that <laughs> well call- calling back to the old school uh, Monty Python days, there was actually another uh, sort of sketch comedy show that he did huh. with uh, with Hugh Laurie, who's the guy who right. played House. Dr. House. Yeah. Yeah. And that was um, I think it's called a bit of Fry and Laurie or something like that. It's a bit on the nose. Hey, it, you know, <laughs> you, uh, you tell them what they're going to get. And then that's you give true. That's true. And it's very it's very funny you can find a lot of their clips on youtube as well Mm. it's um really terrific but yeah the dropout is if you want to get yourself good and mad at insane people in silicon valley uh and and not laugh if you want to laugh go watch silicon valley right yeah that is funny yeah i like you want to just be angry middle uh, out yeah yeah, um, watch the watch the dropout. Oh my goodness. Oh uh, yeah, it's it, it's pretty 
Crazy. Uh, by the way, um, you know, in D&D, we like to do voices. <laughs> oh, and, sure. And uh, she should have been a D&D player, Amanda Holmes. Oh. Uh, because she can do a, a, a deep surfer boy voice pretty well. Um, that that voice just, it makes me so angry did every you, time did, I hear it. Like, I went and I started watching, like, her old interviews and stuff after... Um, Oh, like the actual, ones. like the actual stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Sifrid does it, uh, an impeccable job uh, mimicking that. So it's definitely very a very impressive. iconic uh, aspect of of uh, why. Oh my goodness, why can't I think of her? Elizabeth I Holmes? Can't think Elizabeth Holmes. That's right. Yeah, um, it, it's a very iconic aspect of. Her, her character, person, her character, yeah, because <laughs> it's really it's a weird character, to refer right? To her as a but, but it, but, but it yeah. is because like she, like one of the points of the show is like she like doesn't even know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. Like she has just completely invented this person, yeah. um, and just really can't tell the difference between like fantasy and reality. Um, it's interesting uh, that this story is not even over; like it's still sort of right? ongoing, you know. Um, it makes me think there is some great opportunity to like write a villain based on this character, right? This Mm -hmm. person who, you know, sets out to do a really good thing, but is also kind of into the personal glory has a hero that they want to emulate. And they, Mm -hmm. so they literally go through many of the same steps thinking that that's just, part of the process and then they become surrounded by advisors and uh personal contacts that like, aren't necessarily yes, all over the place oh and, and and then it becomes this like cult-like attitude uh where you know there's all this like surveillance and and um telling on each other um and secrecy oh totally. and then it's very tied into like the public face Oh my gosh! There is a great D and D villain in here. Uh, that Absolutely, you, you could or or any game. You know, there's just something I, I'd like to. You know, we had that episode about grounding design and reality. Oh sure. You know, and so that's why I like to take these little departures sometimes because you know we can just absolutely steal from everywhere. Um, and, oh yeah, and get some great inspiration. And it's it can definitely be a. Um you know, sometimes the the they say the truth is stranger than fiction. Then, um, there there are some crazy things, some crazy stories out there of like real people who've done real things that really happened. And when you read about this stuff, you know, even if it's um, even if it's not the entire story, just hearing about it, you know on the fringes of whatever it is, you know, the, the fact that anything even remotely close to it has actually occurred in real life can sometimes just be mind boggling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and yet we learn so much from those stories because we learn, uh, you know, about what the descent to madness or the road to hell can, can look like and really how 
how close that can be to our real life based on the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I title be, be that careful. campaign? What's that? If you if you made a campaign with the villain based on Elizabeth Holmes, you call it you call it fake it till you make it. Oh, that's it. Oh, there's not more. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's totally what it is. But there yeah. is there is a lot of faking it, but it's never made. Nope. Because by it's the way, not. what? they want to make is um it's it would it it would be a well it's not impossible i'm sure it could be done right like but they couldn't do it Mm. you know what i mean but i don't you know maybe maybe i'm a technology idealist but like i pretty much believe that human beings are going to be able to do just about everything if we don't you know die first you know if we don't if we're not so smart, we'd like blow ourselves up or whatever. Um, but I pretty much believe mankind can achieve everything given time. Oh, given time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I think that what Theranos had set out to do could happen. Um, but oh, it, sure. it just wasn't destined to happen to them and it wasn't, you know, and, and so it'll probably come someday. Who knows? Yeah. Theranos. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, heck, I mean, this is part of the fun of when I get to run games for a younger audience, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know these stories, right? They don't know these like that, real, that's true, these real life histories. And so I could literally call my final boss Theranos and they would have they'd be like, oh, that's such a cool name. Where'd you come up with that? Oh, man, I have no By idea. By the way, read this newspaper <laughs> article. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. And then they like, so I Googled Theranos. <laughs> Turns and out. Boy, howdy. Did that. Uh, I did, unfortunately, kind of spoil the whole campaign. I know where exactly where all this is going now. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. But by all it's- means, you know, like that could be a really fun exercise is just learn about something completely not D&D related and build a story. Oh, you totally could. There's such a great story here. I mean, even with these dramatizations, they're adding lots of stuff to turn it into like a legitimate story. Oh, sure. So anyway, steal like an artist, kids. That's. Yeah, baby. That's what I would say. You know, that that's actually. Oh, segue uh, time. Interesting because yes, segue time. Uh, That dovetails very nicely into my topic for tonight. Um, If you remember way back when I uh, introed into this episode uh, about 15 minutes ago, um, I was mentioning fishiness and it, it occurred to me, you know, we've we've all heard the saying you know, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for the rest of his life. Um, and you know, we, we do a lot of teaching and, uh, attempts at instruction and, and, uh, whatnot on this show, but sometimes it is nice to just be given a fish, right? You know, it's nice sometimes to just have someone hand you something nice that you can use and to save you a little bit of work and I do enjoy restaurants. There you go. So what I was thinking for tonight is just 
thinking up some fun, wacky, weird, whatever ideas for campaigns or things that okay. you could build an adventure around yeah. or whatever. And, you know, it can be in a way we've be, already done one, right? It, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so like um, I, I, I just rambled a whole bunch on a piece of paper here and I'll, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll rattle off some of them. Yeah. Um, awesome. But as I was, as I was thinking about uh, this topic earlier today, it, it occurred to me that there are uh, when you're trying to come up with an idea for an adventure or a campaign or even something small, like a one shot or whatever, um, or even an encounter for that matter, it's often helpful to, to give yourself at least like one stipulation, one, maybe one restriction or, uh, one sort of guiding design principle or whatever, like, Mm. Yeah. One of one of my favorite things to do uh when coming up with ideas for an adventure is to put some sort of uh character creation restriction or uh specification on on who the characters, who the PCs are going to be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. For instance, this uh idea for a campaign that popped into my head a few weeks ago uh i thought it would be a super fun time to do a campaign or maybe a mini campaign where all the pcs are mimics right sure yeah and they'd all be like articles of like furniture and their names would be whatever the furniture is so like maybe you play chair and somebody else would play Ottoman or <laughs> who knows. But uh, Ottoman, I, yes. Uh, Ottoman. Mm. Door and frame. Door uh, frame. <laughs> door frame. <laughs> and, and, and and who can forget Bidet. Bidet. But, the, oh, the, the, that old jokester. Oh. Um so Oh my god. I <laughs> I think that would be so fun just to try to imagine the day-to-day life of a family of mimics <laughs> hanging out in a freaking house or a village or whatever. I right. mean, you could have big crazy mimics where like like it's an entire gazebo mm-hmm. that could eat people. <laughs> uh, the, the gazebo's got to be the final boss, right? Because that's the old joke. Um Totally. But- but yeah, some or it ha- or it can be the patron. You know, it's one or the other. Maybe there's a twist and it's both. Gazebo um, told us to go do things. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes doing themes like that's really fun. I did a thing where I had broke up my class into various teams, and each of them was one of the factions in uh, the Forgotten Realms universe. So they're oh, like, from like Adventures League. Exactly. So there was like mm-hmm. the Zentarim and the Emerald Enclave and the Harpers and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And so in each one, I restricted what subclasses they could choose. 
Oh, um, interesting. So all the Emerald Enclave stuff had to be on that nature theme, right? Oh, okay. The Zentarim got all the, is this supposed to be evil type stuff? Uh-huh. Like, like Conquest Paladin or whatever. Um, you know, Death Cleric. Um, Death Cleric's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, the Order of the Gauntlet got to do all the paladin holy stuff, all the light. You know, mm. and and it just kind of gave everything a flavor to kind of get everyone started. And, and by the way, even with this restriction, there was still a lot of wiggle room. Oh, totally. You know, like, there was no... There really wasn't a whole lot in the way of like an entire class getting removed from one of the factions. Like, you know, Paladin would normally go to Order of the Gauntlet, but if you did Order of the Ancients, oh yeah, you could do Emerald Enclave, no problem. You know, like there was a lot of ways to to do that. So, yeah, That's I really very cool. I really like that stuff. Or simple gimmicks like we're all part of the same family, or we're yep. all the same race, or we're all the same. Okay, everybody's a bard, you know, like that's fun. There you go. Especially with the way the subclass system works, like there's so much good stuff that you could you could still do, especially with all these like expansions and stuff that we have. Um, oh, totally. So, I like that How, stuff. How's this for a uh, for a PC connection? All the PCs are like from the outset Working for the bad guy, like they are straight up henchmen. Yeah, that yeah. could be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I mean, and we've we've all seen this story too, where you help someone come to power or to defeat, you know, a worse bad guy or something like that. Like you consider how uh, the United States helped Fidel Castro come to power originally, mm. right, to defeat the dictator that was. Before him. And then, of course, he ends up becoming sort of the next problem. Um, right. You know, not to get too political, but yeah, um, there, you know, there is historical precedent. And to kind of fill in a lot of those details, we can we can go to those sources. Oh, um, totally. So, yeah. I mean, how many video games have you played where you get betrayed by your mentor? Like it just it, they they maybe even do it too much. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking in um I mean, you definitely could take it that way where uh where you have that that sort of twist um where things flip on you. I but I was thinking that it would be it would be interesting to just like the there's the the big bad sorcerer king who like isn't even trying to hide that he's an evil megalomaniac, you know. You have the uh, uh, you have Zycon from Order of the Stick, and you know your the PCs are like Red Cloak and and all the you know all his minions going oh, out to yeah. do, oh, I see do the saying. bad guys bidding. Right. Um, I like. I think one thing that really worked about when you did the Goblin campaign. Cause it can be like hard to run an evil campaign, right? Oh yes, that's but true. like the fact that like we were all stupid made yes. it like the, that it was like leaning into comedy, yep. like the like everybody's alignment we would say was chaotic, stupid, right? Yep. And like that we would 
we would just like intentionally miss clues and come to like jump to the incorrect conclusions on purpose. You know, that was that was that made it a lot of fun. Whereas when I ran my drow campaign, I think it was interesting for a couple of sessions and then it that it got hard to keep up that momentum because Mm -hmm. of. Well, because frankly, I did well at making it feel like a drow campaign, which <laughs> meant that everybody was trying to backstab each other all the time. Right. And that created right. like actual anxiety and tension. Um, yeah. And then, and then we're like, yeah, well, let's move on to the next thing. I, and I, I think the next game we all pretended to be mice or something. Um, it, it would be, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's definitely a certain flavor of uh of an evil campaign. Yeah. Where where it's heavily built around this principle of infighting and, you know, scheming and backstabbing to the point where when you're setting up player expectations in session 0, you make it very clear that even the PCs will be scheming and plotting against one another um, and doing, you know, these backroom deals and such, which definitely sets a certain tone. And I think, uh, like what you mentioned about the Goblin campaign, you know, or or the uh, what I was saying about the Henchman campaign, if you lean into comedy where your uh where your pcs are are creatures or um archetypes that are typically villainous going the comedy route can definitely make it much more palatable or uh easy to easy to enjoy on a surface level i think it would also be interesting to potentially like you know, you go the whole, uh, we're all henchmen serving, you know, the big bad sorcerer king, but you actually take it seriously and you're like a group of enforcers that are going through the kingdom trying to carry out the will of this, you know, evil overlord. You know, doing something like that where you are still a team, but you are having to do having to handle these dark kind of tasks um right while like I definitely black ops squad yeah i i definitely don't think that 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 campaign would be for everyone but i think for the right people that could be a very interesting sort of role playing challenge um and yeah, at least for a shorter game Perhaps, sure. you know, mm-hmm. um, I think another way to handle it is to borrow from comic books here. You can do oh, totally like you can you can use either Thunderbolts from Marvel or Suicide Squad from DC. Oh, yeah, yeah. And say, OK, you guys are a team of essentially bad guys or antiheroes, um, but you get to go take on a big world threat. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, what do you do when the Zentarum have to defeat a slot invasion, right? Mm. We, we, the fun about it is that we don't have to feel bad about the slot, right? They're just, mm. they're like chaotic evil demons essentially. And so like, 
you can do every sort of horrible thing that you can think of in terms of causing mass destruction. And you, you don't have to deal with kind of the qualms of it while also not having to like feel sick to your stomach about killing a bunch of innocent people or something, mm-hmm. you know, like you get to just lean into the bad guys killing bad guys, but we're not as bad as them, <laughs> you know, kind sure. of trope, you know? And yeah. I think especially if you get a little comedy and they're with it, then it's helpful. It does. It does help. Um, Something else that occurred to me uh, that could be a fun kind of um, or interesting way to kind of set yourself on a path for coming up with a campaign idea is starting with a uh, with your villain's motivation, Hmm. I think could be really interesting you know you have yeah, absolutely um like uh like wanting to change the world for the better wanting to change the world for the better um like uh like miss holmes that we were discussing mm-hmm. previously or um, the dark lord theranos <laughs> right so um and yeah absolutely you know come coming up with something uh something unique or interesting about the villain, because at least for me, something that I've, that I've always uh, enjoyed in media, at least are, are likable or uh, perhaps maybe love to hate kind of villains. Um, you know, you you have some like some incarnations of the Joker are good examples where you know the, something about them is super duper duper compelling. Where you know you know they're the bad guy, but they're so freaking fun to watch. Mm, um, yeah, that I think it can you can definitely have a an RPG villain where when they show up, it's exciting and you you almost don't want them to leave because they're they're fun to interact with mm-hmm. maybe from maybe from like a, a metagame perspective maybe the pcs definitely don't like interacting with this person but for the players it can be like a real hoot um i know a real hoot a real hoot uh i know uh, maybe not from a funny angle but from a a compelling exciting to interact with kind of angle strahd is a good example of that like especially if you have a gm who really understands the character of strahd and can really play it up um you know when he shows up that can be super super exciting oh yeah definitely you I, I mean, I think there's a good reason why it's one of the more well-received uh, modules. Oh, yeah. Um, because it is so villain-centric, and um, some of the others have bad guys, of course, but they, you know, have almost nothing relatable about them. Like, there's yeah. really nothing relatable about Tiamat or um, who's the lich guy at Aseric East? Asterix. <laughs> a Sararak. Aserak, right? yeah. A Sararak. Yeah. You know what I mean? The dude with the hat. Uh, yeah. 
you know, there's that guy, uh, there's Xanathar, you know, these are, you know, they're, you know, Imrith. They're all sort of cartoon villains. The um, the closer you get to being human, the obviously the more relatable it gets, right? Well, yeah, and, and, and who's a better monster than a human? You know, there honestly. There you go. Like, and it's all... It's all reflections of us on on some level, right? Right. I think another place to start ideas for campaigns, of course, is theme. Um, any oh, story sure. needs to have a central theme. And when I say a theme, I don't necessarily mean like the topic, but it should have also have that. When I say theme, I mean, what is your campaign about? What is it that you're ultimately saying or exploring? And, you know, this is something we talked about in a very recent episode where I talked about how a lot of the games I run can be sort of boiled down to one word or one question. Right. And when you have that in mind and you can concentrate on that theme, then it helps things feel unified and like it's kind of going somewhere. Right. Um, It feels like you might say a story and not just a collection of stuff we did. Um, mm. So there's that, but then there's also the topic of the, what a lot of people think the theme is, right? The topic is we're all pirates. We're all ninjas. We're it's mm-hmm. in the, it's in the, uh, um, it's Eastern fantasy. It's, it's old West, but we're all orcs, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, that's, that's more topic. I would say, um, I would agree. Both things are are important. And then you have to follow up with, okay, yeah, we now we have kind of the skin and stuff, but now we have to think about how do these things translate into the gameplay itself? Which is to say, for instance, our topic is pirates. What are the gameplay features that we're going to be expecting to see? Oh, yeah. That that should come with with anything, you know. But it's it, but you, it's important to nail those things down, right? And and that is part of those player and GM expectations. And hopefully, we know that pretty early on. I one big mistake I made, um, you know, back in the day, I think almost ten years ago at this point. Can't believe it's been that long. Um, I was doing an email campaign. You were actually in this. Mm. And which I had billed as a pirate themed game. Right. And everybody was like, sweet, I'm into it. Well, right away in the first act, after a pirate ship battle, there's a shipwreck and everybody is stranded on an island and they're in a prison. And then the first thing that happens is they have to get out of the prison. And at this point, two players drop out of the game. Yep. It's just not working for them. And I go, well, what's what's wrong? And one of them basically said, you told me this was a pirate game. And yep. so far, there hasn't been a lot of pirating. Um, fair enough. Then the yeah. campaign transformed into this arena thing, which then transformed into, you know, getting off the island. And then once they were off the island, the, the game was over. Yep. So they got, so the players overall got about a 10%, if that, pirate experience. Yeah. You know, and 
that was a huge mistake. And I think some people held on to it and they, you know, I think they had an okay time, but it was a huge boo-boo on my part. And it was definitely mm. something to learn for him. Yeah, definitely. You know, when, when you set out to, you know, to convey a certain experience, definitely have, you know, focus your gameplay elements on supporting that idea. Like, you know, when, when we were doing goblins, I wanted you guys to feel like goblins, you know, let's go have some freaking mayhem and, and, you know, antics and trying to set up a goblin lair and do, do gobliny things, you know, there's, there's failure and hilarity ensues and the leadership is incompetent. Like that's, that's all on theme, you know? So maybe it would be, let, let's do this as a quick exercise. Let's say, let's pick a topic and then let's talk about what are the gameplay expectations of that topic. So, okay. so let's say the topic is, I don't know. Do you have one? Um, well, you know what? We've already been talking a bit about pirates. Let's talk about how, what you would want to see sure. in a pirate game done well. Okay, so you do one, and then I'll do one. We'll just go back and forth. What do you, what do you think? High seas, sailing, ship stuff. Ship stuff, yeah. And I'm gonna fill. I'm gonna follow that up with ship combat. We, yeah. Not only am I gonna have players, you know, play their normal class, but I'm probably gonna give them like a job to do on the boat that they'll yep. be in charge of. Or you could also have um, different. Uh, interactable elements of the ship like you know you just have things like cannons or you know grappling ropes and things like that or certain sails that could be raised or lowered that the players are just made aware of early on and those become just utilities that they know that they can use if they see an opportunity Okay, so you're saying there's ship stuff on there, like stuff you would find on a boat. Yeah. Um, I would say also one of the things we need to be able to do is pirate a thing. Yep. Right? Either we are the pirates or we're fighting pirates. Either way, we get to beat up a guy, like a like a, a ship full of guys, and then we get to take their stuff. Yep. All right, so that's important. Maybe we even take over the ship and we abandon our old one or whatever. Or... You're fighting yeah. pirates and they beat you and pull you onto their ship. And Which you then have and, to take over from the inside out or or maybe the uh, maybe their captain like tries to make you guys part of the crew. I've seen stories where um, where pirates would take captives and then basically go look. You know, if you want your freedom and you don't want us to, like, sell you off at a slave market or something like that, you can take on, like, you know, some grunt work and prove yourself to the crew. And if if you do a good job and everybody likes you, you could join the crew and, you know, you then would get a, you know, your own share of, you know, if you get a. You know, th- 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 this could be an interesting loss mechanic where you keep getting recruited. 
like you basically get impressed over and over again. <laughs> and so like, yeah, you join the pirate crew, you do stuff for them. Then you get beat by the local like Navy and then you get impressed into their Navy. And then, <laughs> then you like have to knock over a merchant that's not paying taxes and then you get defeated and then they hire you one because you made a good show of it. Um, <laughs> like it just, yeah, it's you just, just change a, your boss. Just a massive succession of failures, just one after the other. Okay. But what are some of the other like tropes that you would expect to see in like, let's say a movie and we would want to see these things occur in the game? Um, let's see. Well, cer- certain difficulties that you run into at sea like uh like like scurvy like disease or Mm -hmm. running low on supplies or needing to you know cabin fever yeah we got cabin fever (laughs) um muppet treasure island ladies and gentlemen if you haven't watched it check it out speaking of treasure island a treasure there should be treasure on an island probably buried treasure yeah most likely we need to have some old school maps yep right? with a big old x um, traps all kinds of like like weird traps you could have uh like cursed treasure right you know the the um, oh yeah it's cursed items i mean if if you play a pirate game and there's no cursed items like what even were you doing oh totally um yeah, I mean, and by the way, a great place to look for all of these tropes is watch Assassin's a movie, Creed, read a book, <laughs> play a game, you know, like yeah. just just look for these things and steal them. Oh, um, watch watch Johnny Depp versus Amber Hood, Amber Heard. So, yeah. <laughs> what, what Amber Hood? I messed up the joke. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I get for trying to be topical on the show. Honestly, don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> what do was that. I doing? I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Um, but uh, I only know about make believe. You know, that's really what it kind of comes down to. So, you know, if your game's about cowboys, make sure there's standoffs. If you if your game's about knights, make sure there's some jousting and some chivalry and some armor. Um, if you're if you're doing um. You know, something about samurais. Make sure you understand how that worked, you know, and maybe have some horse combat and maybe don't make a big thing out of shields, you know, like, yeah, you know, make sure that that, you know, a lot of the sort of traditions and culture are are represented and that we get a sense of being able to experience how one theme or topic is is completely different from another. Yeah, capture the genre, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, if I if I'm playing a game about ninjas, I would expect the whole party to be able to stealth, right? Oh, and yeah. so there's there's also player expectations as well. We've all played with people that go, "Oh, that's a neat idea for a campaign and some parameters to follow." I'm going to make something completely off base. Yeah. And then they're like, now just, you know, bend to my will. Right. Yeah. And you're like, well, I was trying to tell this story, which is well, not to say you couldn't make something about a fish out of water. Right. Like it could be interesting to put a sea elf in a desert campaign. I don't know. 
but yeah, but there's also there, there could be some um, irony there. There's a large degree of snowflake attitude there going on where it's like, ooh, I want to be the oddball special one, and you know, I want to be the one who's going against the grain because that's interesting. And it's like, well, but that could be fine if they're playing into the theme of it, right? Like they're they're still complementing the story that is meant to be told. If that is, in fact, what they're doing. Basically, if, if that, you're going to yeah. try to do something that seems like to to kind of go against the general idea that the GM is going for, check it with your GM first. Discuss it beforehand. Don't just show up at the table with something that is just not the idea that was presented to you because that's kind of rude. But also, you know, if you can play into it too, that is great. Also, if one person's the oddball out, that's fine. If everyone decided to make the oddball, then you just didn't have a theme, right? So that could really suck. Hopefully people in your desert campaign at least for the most part, are making deserty themed things. Yeah, don't uh, don't go and just oh we're playing in the desert, so I'm you know I'm gonna make a sailor unless it's a sailor who then is going to learn how to be a desert person. Also, you you know just as a player, you know you're probably just gonna be dissatisfied. Um, I've had players even recently who made characters that they thought were cool because they wanted to play a subclass, but then they didn't like think about what the overall campaign story was going to be. And then like, we're disappointed when their opportunities didn't come up often. Right. You know, it's like, well, it's hard to write for you because your whole character is your DPR. (laughs) Well, you know, to, um, to the, in their defense, I think, and I and I learned this when we were uh, doing my Curse of Strahd campaign, that, you know, as a GM, I think, I think there are probably a lot of people like me out there who can have a hard time saying no. When, when it's an important skill. When your player presents you with their character idea, which you should do before the actual, you know, first day of the campaign, when your player presents you with a character idea and goes, do you think this will work within the kind of, you know, game you're trying to present? Really look at it. And if it doesn't seem like something that you feel fits very well or like you might have trouble running for it, say no. Don't be a jerk about it. But like, uh, Adam, you, uh, when we were doing Curse of Strahd, you played a mastermind rogue. And you even asked me ahead of time, you know, is this is this okay? Would you recommend going for something else? And I was like, no, nah, go for it, you know. And 
when really if I stopped and looked at it and maybe gave it more thought than I did, I might have actually said, uh, I don't know if that's, you know, the best call. And who knows, like you could have had a better experience had I, you know, discouraged you from going that direction. Maybe, you know, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, just as a min max comment, I would, I, I wish I had played almost any other type of rogue, um, because <laughs> it was just not that fun. Um, you know, it was just like the, just like the, the subclass features are just not interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you gotta be really careful with your bonus action. <laughs> uh, that's important. Uh, so anyway, I, I do think I would have had a better time as either assassin or inquisitive right. for that particular thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, your first idea isn't necessarily the best idea. Right. And sometimes you need it to kind of go by the wayside. One thing a lot of players do myself included is we go, what are you guys playing? What are you doing? And then mm-hmm. we try to fill a gap because if session like zero is really good for that. Absolutely. And and if you're like me, you can play a lot of things. You'd be happy playing a lot of things. And um, there's a lot to a lot out there to explore and to, and to try out. I mean, Wizard alone has what? Like, I know, like 12 subclasses, some ridiculous there are, number. There are tons. Clerics are the same kind of way. They're, you know, you have. The yeah, there's a lot of clerics. And- yeah, um, there's there's great stuff. I mean, good Lord, every bard you can play is a very different gameplay experience, which again, it's part of the reason why I rated among my favorite classes because of its versatility to be kind of whatever you would, you you would like it to be Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're, you're clever. Um, So when, whatever the game is, you as the GM should uh, be able to pitch the main gameplay aspects and themes and then as a player you should be willing to play into those themes and play into those limitations i think a lot of us have you know the three characters in our in our brain that are kind of been swimming around for a while and sometimes we just want to get one of them out and so we just shove them in wherever it is we can put them Mm. uh and i would just probably recommend against that yeah so think think about what what your GM is going for and try to cooperate, you know, cause it's, you'll have more fun that way. Yeah, um, probably. So I, I was thinking about some, uh, just some, some other things that could be, uh, interesting ideas for, uh, for a campaign or an adventure. Um, I was thinking about things like, like global, or environmental situations like um, one one that we kind of touched on earlier with the you know playing the the henchman side of things, but not necessarily related to the PCs this time. But having the world or setting circumstance be that the big bad villain has already won and they're actually oh, yeah. in charge now. And you are now 
basically playing in their sandbox and having to deal with uh, having to exist in an environment where the bad guys are in charge instead of, you know, having this, you know, a more uh, open, idealized sort of uh, sort of world that kind of could take you in more of a dystopian uh, direction. Or uh, you could do yeah, the, the the bad guy may not even be happy in the world that they've created. Oh, like, sure. The, you know that could be really interesting. As you realize that the wandering nomad that has been helping you the whole time caused all this. Right. Exactly. Um, you could do uh, one. I thought of was that the perhaps the world climate is rapidly changing. Um. So you could have some like crazy Athos kind of uh, different weather phenomenon that you're having to deal with. Maybe a lot of natural disasters going on and um, the difficult situations that that creates. Or um, there was one uh, crazy idea that popped into my head where you could have a, a world where technology is actually regressing over time and failing to work. Basically, you know, going back, taking civilization backwards, like maybe things start out um, where the world state is super advanced and you have a lot of technology, but the most advanced things just for some reason stop working and then it continues that way kind of down the line where, you know, you, you go from like electric cars to now electric cars don't work and only get internal combustion engines work. And then all of a sudden internal combustion engines don't work and you need, you know, and it keeps going down until <laughs> we, we need the old boiler back. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, and now we're just doing Flintstone feet, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or uh, you could one setting idea I thought of or uh, not, maybe not necessarily a setting, but um, general campaign ideas. You take uh, adventurers and you mash them up with the office. So you have <laughs> like, you know, it's it's an office, but for an adventuring company. And you just deal with all kinds of like wacky inter-office shenanigans. Um, that, would it still be like in the time period of like the fantasy world? Could like, be. Like, are they are they having to like file forms for like everything that they're doing? Like, yes. Like, whenever they like complete a dungeon, they have to like fill out stuff in in triplicate yeah. and hand and hand it off to Phyllis. Absolutely. And, the, and then she tells you that you didn't like sign and date with the right color pen. And then exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. And so like you make, you make like 10,000 gold from the hall, but by the time you've been fined and nickeled and dimed for every like damage and everything, you get basically like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yep. 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 It's, it's just crazy like that. And, you know, you have the, you know, your boss is like, seems to be kind of clueless and probably fairly inappropriate. Uh, 
but he's a lovable guy all the same. You have inter-office pranks, you know, like somebody booby traps one of the drawers in, uh, in Dwight's <laughs> desk with a crossbow, so he gets shot when he starts his And it encases, it, it encases him in Jell-O. <laughs> it instead encases of, him in Jell-O. <laughs> instead of a stapler. It, it um, just manifests. The magic items are just like... Ooze reflavored office items like like uh like the basically red stapler, stapler. Or, yeah exactly <laughs> you know um the 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 clipboard of endless pages oh my um, god you know that there could be some fun antics there here's here's a crazy one that i i feel like it could be an extremely interesting gming challenge to do this. I feel like there'd be a way to do it and actually have it be very compelling and interesting where the campaign in its entirety takes place in a tavern. You never leave the tavern. Mm. Everything comes to you Mm. in the tavern. And, Mm. you know, maybe over the course of the campaign, you're adding to the tavern. You're, you know, you have different, wings maybe get built on but you get like intimately familiar with this single location this is where you live so it's like cheers but it's a domain of dread (laughs) sure (laughs) yeah um like can you can the characters literally not leave or is it every time we have a session it's in the tavern like that's where the adventure takes place, but your characters don't literally spend every waking moment there, or do they spend every waking moment there? Pretty much, you know. Maybe they rent rooms there, and right, yeah, they could. I mean, you know that yeah. that whole sort of thing. Um, but it's you know, imagine like a bottle episode sort of deal, but that's the campaign, and you try to make something interesting that occurs literally in. A single closed location. I feel like the big twist at the end of the campaign is they've been dead the whole time. You know, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> let's see. So one crazy villain idea that that popped into my head, and we we went past the the villain part a little quickly, and I I didn't get to slip it in, but I want well, to be fair. We also have entire episodes dedicated to this very idea <laughs> that that's true. I was thinking that it could be a lot of fun to have the villain be something really weird. Like, like a sentient chicken. You just have a chicken who's, who's awakened and aware and super pissed and just, wants what whatever a chicken who now has gained full mental faculties would want you know maybe his whole problem is that he just wants the world to take him seriously and stop treating him like he's just a chicken even though he is in fact a chicken and you know he had to get things moving really quickly because his 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 lifespan is quite limited Mm. um there I would I would only just give this warning to to this idea is like don't make this a super long campaign because you don't want your players coming in at the end of like a year to realize that it's a joke at the end of the rainbow 
you know, especially if the tone has been serious, right? Like, you don't want to come away and go, and it was all a dream, right? Like, it's that kind of... Oh, don't do that. Sucker punch ending, you know what I mean? Have them run into the villain frequently. Like, have them have... The big tall chair, like, turns around slowly... And there he is, pressing his wings up against each other, like bark, 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 bark. That's his name, Gok Bagok. Gok Bagok. I I think that that's what I would love. You you walk into the room, and they're silhouetted against the sunlit window. It's this, this big long silhouette. That shrinks smaller and smaller as it approaches you. <laughs> you see a tiny head whip around, and you hear "bark, bark, 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 bark," and he goes, "Greetings." <laughs> now you will know what it's like to feel the yoke of oppression. <laughs> See, there's, oh, yeah, and yeah, there's there's, there's gold in them, thar eggs. Somebody do that. Make the chicken villain and take him seriously. Yeah, level Actually, one to twenty. I I've always felt has ambitions. I, I've always felt like awaken. I can't tell if it's like one of the most evil spells in the game, um, because of like what does this mean in like to to give a creature this kind of sentience you know and then to just say well good luck you know what i mean like who says that you gotta just say good luck like just depending on the circumstances in which you you created this thing and like to what purpose it was like i i could almost understand like a geppetto character going i never had a son but i have this raccoon and I'm going to, you know, just do my best. Um, Ooh, versus a sentient I, raccoon would be a good villain, too. Versus, he even comes with the bandit mask. Yeah, he really does. And, you know, versus the, uh, I, I wanted to know what it would be like, or I need someone to, you know, uh, work at the mill. <laughs> you know, mm. whatever it is. You know, there could be some some pretty dark implications there. So it could be interesting if there was like this whole connection of awakened animals that want revenge. There's basically they, like animal farm. <laughs> they, they just, it's, it's like a, um, the, the whole thing revolves around the concept of ignorance is bliss. Like, it, like their whole goal is to just return to, I wish I was just a stupid animal again. It life was so much better. Life was better. Like, why do you any of you guys want it's like, this? Oh, it could be like flowers for Algernon. Oh my, oh god. my god. Where the, this, they, they they maybe they go grow increasingly intelligent over time, and like for a while it's great, and then it becomes depressing as. They're alone. In well, it's like a it's like a Doctor Manhattan sort of. Oh thing yeah, yeah, where you like, basically just become so mighty that you 
stop being able to relate to anyone else around you like god you know i was just this dumb raccoon but now i'm like a super smart raccoon and this was also like an episode of rick and morty um <laughs> of course where they, like, where they they made the dog like able to talk and then then problems ensued of course of course yeah. cuz um, if anything if if the movie up taught us anything it's that animals should just keep their mouths shut <laughs> hey i like doug, doug no is, i do i like doug too he doug is a national treasure he he really is and by the way if anyone has squirrel squirrel if anyone has not seen doug days on disney plus there it's a series of like five or six uh shorts about doug's day-to-day life after the events of up uh go watch them they're super fun super charming um they use all the like original voice actors and stuff so it's it's uh it's a whole lot of fun it'll it it will warm each and every one of your cockles by the way if you want to know what andrew's really like he's basically doug uh maybe maybe with some mater mixed in i don't know if i should be offended (laughs) You shouldn't be. Because I do enjoy those characters quite a bit. But I'm not. (laughs) But now, Mm. should I feel bad about that? No, no. I'm not not sure. You know what? I'm I'm fine with who I am. Just like Doug. So my students the other day were asking, what what does Andrew look like? We need to know this. And I said, well, have you ever played? No, they don't. And so I said. Have you ever played Portal 2 co-op? <laughs> <laughs> the robot. And, and I was like, so I'm the little blue one. <laughs> and he's the tall yellow one. And they're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> they Now they have an unerringly accurate image of yeah. me. When, when they actually see me and realize that I am not, in fact, a tall skinny robot it's just gonna throw their entire world into disarray so you know i already mentioned this to you earlier today but they uh, are demanding a class where where andrew comes on the camera and answers their questions and talks to them oh my god they they want to see you uh you're a celebrity to them that so those poor children <laughs> i oh man i i mean i've i've never i've never had somebody ask so hard for something that is so so certainly gonna let them down (laughs) (laughs) i i feel like there's no way they're gonna be let down they're gonna be thrilled to bits oh man Um, that's that's so nice of you and i'm honest to god no hyperbole i i'm I'm very excited. I don't know what to expect, I, but I think it'll be, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, a hoot. A hoot, yes. Um, by the way, wouldn't it be funny if in your Awakened campaign, all the animals were like against type, so like the owl was the stupid one, right? You know, I have actually heard that the whole trope of the wise old owl is actually like complete 
bunk when you well, actually, of course they're well i mean yeah <laughs> yes i know like yes i'm aware owls got the brain the size of a peanut right? don't so. actually wear like a mortar board you know graduate they don't have sweater hat. vests right i mean i <laughs> i was so disappointed when i was a kid and i learned that one um wait a minute they don't have owl cardigan sweater vests um like mr butler tron on clone High. oh my god um anyway but yeah owls are actually pretty dumb <laughs> which i dumb animals are so much more fun to rp anyway yeah. Oh, uh, famous, uh, famously dumb animal is like um, the turkey. Oh, right? yeah. Like, like, like turkeys will just like watch each other get slaughtered and just like not care. Um, like it would be funny if that was like your genius, right? Or a dodo, right? <laughs> the, like the the dodos in uh, in Ice Age. There. I need to bring back dodos for a campaign. I, I can't explain it, but I think dodos are cool. You know, like I feel like if they were still that around, is a I would, difficult I, one to explain. So I, yeah, I want I, you to explain now. I, I, I feel like if they weren't extinct, I would like literally. I would so have one. Right? Like, do you want them to like? Do you imagine them like chocobos? You no, know, no. Like basically dogs, but a bird. Right? Like. Like a bird you keep in the backyard and it doesn't do anything useful, but you can like take it on walks and maybe it gets the paper. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like I've always felt like a dodo was basically an ostrich, just like a, with a, with a, like a huge nose, like, yeah, like, like a flamingo nose or just this huge schnoz just but grafted you, right onto the front of their face. But when you think about, like, the reason why they died out, it was because they didn't have any natural predators because they were in, like, a secluded environment. So they never had, like, evolved the idea of mistrust, right? So, like... Really? Could, like, just, yeah, that's what I understand. So... Like you as wow. a human could just walk up and just, you know, break their neck and they'd be like, oh, hey, neighbor, how's it going? Oh, you know, and like they wouldn't think about it. Whereas like a common sparrow is going to fly away the moment you get within like five feet. Right. It's just going to be like, well, no, I'm out of here. The um, wow. That's why that's why they're alive. Right. So I feel like if we instead of just eating them all, I guess they were delicious. I don't know. But like instead of just, you know eating them all if we had just made them pets right we could have had a like a viable alternative to dogs and cats because what if you're like in my situation where i'm allergic to cats my wife's allergic to dogs what do we do we get a dodo right that's the that's the answer or we bring back your bears that you made up uh a couple weeks ago oh yeah your 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 ursus Right. Yeah. When, when you said that, I was like, that's the greatest answer to that question. It needs to be like, a thing. I wish that was real. I wish if I had a genie bottle, I would literally make Ursus. Yeah. Um, what a great idea. Um, that would be just the greatest. I like I, li- little tiny domesticated bears. So the Dodo would be like my fourth choice. Man, right? I. 
you you just popped that right back into my head and now I don't want anything else in my life. Dude, Ursus for- are totally making it into my next campaign. 100%. Like oh. people are going to have these things around. Okay, it's going to be fantastic. I you know, that video game idea, any AAA devs out there who are listening, you can steal this, but credit Old inspiration point, please. <laughs> if if you'd be so kind, if you'd be so kind, that'd be that'd be really nice. Ursu breeder, yeah. I would play the bejesus out of that. Make that Ursu as possible. <sighs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Um, we'll see you next time on Inspiration Point. Once again, we'd like to thank our wonderful patrons. Uh, thank you for su- supporting our show. And uh, until next time, stay inspired. Bye. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself now. <laughs> Just say bye. It's fine. Oh, bye, everybody. Bye. So confused. <laughs> As you started talking, I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Wait, hold it. Oh, I I kind of like this. You might say I ursuped your job. <laughs> oh my god. I hope you're still recording. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely still recording. Oh, thank my guy. god. This is all This is this is going our, in. This is the post-credit sequence. Oh, no. man. You know, oh, yeah, this is what the people want. People make a big deal about like job security and stuff. I don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. Having someone come in and just do my job for me is terrific. Yeah, it's really or super. Um, you're really, you're really stretching here, my dude. <laughs> uh, I'm t- listen, I just want these things to be a thing, and I figure if they're a meme first, then science will eventually catch up. Well, and but look, the puns are getting to the point where they are unbearable. Bearable. Ah, there it is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> and stay inspired or else. Ursu. <laughs> Ursu. <laughs>